Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for pure, crisper water. And guess what? They did. Smartwater, vapor distilled for purity, electrolytes for taste. Dan. Hey. Hey. Welcome to this special Thanksgiving-themed episode of the Eater Upsell. Psych. Just kidding. It's not. It's food stories a week early. Uh, two, two weeks early. Two we- Well, is it two weeks early? No, it's re- I guess it's released. It's like- yeah. Anyway, sorry. Because... Because I'm going away for three months. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go away for parental leave. Dan's going to hold down the fort here. But we've already said this, so the funny yeah, thing yeah, is, yeah. like, people know that you're going. People, people are know- aware, but this is this is my goodbye. Well, the last time was supposedly your goodbye, but I was like, let's see if we can squeeze another episode. Yeah, let's, why not? Because today is your... Today's my due date, but I might be working next week. Who I knows? Ju- yeah. I just asked her to do me a solid, come in on the due date. Yeah, do I mean, one more, I'm here anyway. One more I might be here stories. Monday, might be here Tuesday. But we are doing food stories because it's our favorite thing to do. Yay! Let's get into it. Dan, good luck over the next three months. All right, Amanda, here's a story uh, that I don't really fully understand. It's a confusing one. There is a county in Georgia that is trying to secede, separate themselves from a larger county in order to uh, attract better restaurants, they say. It was one of their many reasons. One of their hor- like basically they're a bunch of racists and, and Well, they're part of a much larger municipality that is first of all run by an all black leadership team like city council mayor, etc. Uh, and there's a high level of I think people who are poor in the community mm-hmm. and people who are people of color and this rich section of the town wants Little to just pocket. They just want to be their own town. At some point, they claimed that their their reasoning for this was to attract restaurants that are looking to place put their properties in 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 higher income. Yeah, neighborhoods. there is a, a woman saying like that's their justification. A woman who is leading the charge, saying like she sees all these applications for the kinds of restaurants that want to come into the community, and it's always like Bojangles, and it's never the Cheesecake <laughs> Factory. And if they were to secede, then they'd have a higher average income level and property yeah. values, and then the Cheesecake Factory would come. Obviously, this is terrible. These are probably terrible people who just want their own counsel and they yeah. want to MAGA it up. But uh, the fact that they think that Cheesecake Factory has some like friggin' alarm that goes off whenever <laughs> there's some like little township or municipality with an average income over a certain amount. Well, I'm sure that they do look at that stuff. For sure, but like they're gonna go there and they'll be like, okay, this is a small gated community with a high average income, yeah. surrounded by a lower income neighborhood. Like yeah. they're not that dumb. <laughs> they're not that dumb. <laughs> they're not gonna pull one over on the corporate behemoth. Also, like I love the person who's going through this pile, being like, "Fuck another Bojangles!" Like, <laughs> God like, damn it! Yeah. Where's my cheesecake factory? As if also cheesecake factory is the is the. The, the bastion of elegance. Yeah, the bastion of elegance. Like that's how you know your township has made, you made it, it. When, when you start getting to, like Cheesecake Factory is one up ish over Bojangles. Well, I think maybe if you have never had one, it's very exciting. I mean, I would love a Cheesecake Factory. I would love a Cheesecake Factory in my block in New York. Like I think that'd be fantastic. I'm not well, shitting on Cheesecake. Was <laughs> that terrible? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my you block really... on Eighth Street and Broadway is a it's is a, a, it's a it's rotating good. door of shit restaurants. Yeah. It's because you live right on a college campus. Well, anyway, maybe we should secede, and then uh, 
I should secede. I, my building, my giant building dormitory of a secede from NYU. Yeah, and then we would get some great then restaurant applications. Then you get a cheesecake factory. <laughs> so Walmart across the country is all these giant superstores, and they have these giant parking lots. And what Walmart would like to do is convert the parking lots into basically they want to be the new t- town square. So they want to fill it with restaurants and food trucks and food halls and fitness options and all kinds of things like that. Like they want to be the town center. And I find it very creepy and dystopian. So where do they want people to park their cars? I don't know. I think they'll still be smaller parking lots, but the focus is turning the parking lots into these recreation centers. So there'll be like a doggy daycare and maybe some sort of gym and then a food hall. Right. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to get basic on this and ask you some mm-hmm. questions. But yeah. does that mean they will be in charge of these operations? Like, is there going to be a Walmart doggy daycare? I think daycare? it's some sort of partnership. Like, they're talking about bringing in Chipotle's and Shake Shacks right. and things like that. So they will not be associated with Walmart, but they will be probably offering them I think Walmart would be the, land, the okay. landlord. Okay. So they want, they want the community to evolve around the Walmart. They yeah. Want, it's so funny, like, the ways that these companies are trying to adapt to Amazon's takeover. Like, mm. if we just bring all the people in one place, like we'll make it easier than Amazon Prime. They'll be there anyway for ring toss and shit. And millennials love engagement in yeah. real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is this so creepy to you? Like it just seems like a logical I find thing. Isn't it weird that the idea that there's a future in which the actual town square in your town was just curated by Walmart and it's all about this corporate, mega corporate interest? Versus like, you hear these stories every once in a while about the revitalizations of main streets across America. Like, I love those stories. Mm -hmm. Like, my hometown where my parents live, there's an ice cream shop and a new pizza shop and a new bagel shop, and they're all doing really well. Mm -hmm. And I love that narrative of like, people care about food so much now that town squares are being revitalized. Versus like, oh, Walmart is going to pay or give a really good deal to Shake Shack so they can have Shake Shacks in every Walmart parking lot and Chipotle and blah, 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 blah. But what if Walmart was behind those Main Street revitalizations? Like, would that be creepy to you? That'd be sad to me. Versus all these indie well, people yeah. who are just, like, making it work. But who is behind these Main Street revitalizations? Is it just that that's what people want now? So it's, like, a thing that is happening yeah. across the country? Is that people like local business, people like supporting their Main Streets, that people are getting back into it. And maybe now Walmart needs to fight back. Because I love this their idea. <laughs> stuff is so corporate and their right. stores, they've right. just built all these giant parking lots with mega stores. Right. And they're like, who's to say what Main Street is? Like our parking lot can be Main yeah, Street. Yeah, they're like, oh, this isn't quaint enough. I like the idea that all these Main Streets have turned into ghost towns with like boarded up windows and stuff. And like all these really old people who were like 30 when the when the ice cream store was popping off are like starting to come out of the windows and like take off the old boards and like, hey, Jerry, like there are it's people tr- again. It's Hooray. real. Like, it's real. I swear. Yeah. It's really nice. I mean, you know, it's nice when it's so basically for you, it's nice unless there's corporate interest. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that I find... I actually think it's a really smart move by Walmart. Like, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't they give these people basically free rent? Well, especially if people don't care as much about Walmart. No, I mean, I think Walmart's actually doing really fine. But like, I think it's it's a way for them to evolve. It's just, I just don't like it. I think it's interesting that they're saying food halls, uh, that they want to build food halls, and really it's these like giant chains. <laughs> so really it's just like a food court. Like the difference between Ooh. food hall and Ooh. food court has finally yeah, come. What is the full difference? Circle. Though? What is the difference? Like, well, I know. Well, when food halls first popped off, right. 
people were like, isn't this just a food court, but trendier? And I think what... I never thought about this. It is. It's trendy food court. I think the differentiator was like, oh, well, these are indie businesses. So it's a food sure. hall sure. like they have in Europe versus a food court, which is you have in your stupid mall. But right. now the term has become so popular that it's like if Walmart just gets a bunch of chains together in a circle, that's a food court. <laughs> yeah, but what if like one of them... See, if Walmart was if really... If one is Roberta's, well, does one that of make them it a food hall? Yeah. yeah if then one, is if, it a food hall? But that's but that's the point. I mean, that's where they're going. Like, I think uh, maybe that's not what they would want. No one in, in middle America cares about Roberta's. Well, their scale is so big, I don't know if they'll be able to get the indie. But maybe. Maybe if they invest in that. The release now, they cited Chipotle and... Shake Shack and Caribou Coffee and Bar Taco. Whoa. I like the idea that they're breaking ground in the middle of a parking lot, though. They're like, also, here will here ye will be a Chipotle. Once it all, if it does continue to grow and they have doggy daycares and mm-hmm. gyms and, and movie theaters, then it just like is a mall. It's just instead of Macy's being the central tenant, it's Walmart. Uh, Amanda, they um, in, in Washington, D.C., you know. The country, I know it. the country's capital. Yeah, there is an ice cream truck called Guilty Pleasures, which is a Robert Mueller supporting ice cream truck. Great. How are they supporting Robert Mueller? They are trying to, you know, trying to wa- raise awareness for uh, to 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 make sure that Donald Trump does not fire Robert Mueller. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. I mean, how does anything uh, anything raise awareness for any, anything? Okay, so but it's not like they have a starting a GoFundMe for him or something. Um, well, the group Move On, who put it together or who built the ice cream truck, which was built on donations, says it is uh, intended to draw attention to the impact and the importance of the Mueller investigation with an ice cream truck. With with an ice cream truck, they will be offering four rotating investigations themed flavors, such as. Indictment chip, Oof. and uh, they're offering their patrons the options of receiving their treat in either a cup or Cohen. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a professional comedian, how, I, how do you rate? How do you rate those those puns? I am very supportive of them because <laughs> I think if they were any better, they would be tacky. Okay, fair. Uh, I also like politically minded people making terrible jokes I think that that's a category that I'm interested in do you think this helps or hurts his cause well what is his cause right his cause I mean to, he's to, just doing his job his, he's doing his job but the but people are worried now that Trump has fired Jeff Sessions that he now has the power to right, fire right. Robert Mueller right right so this ice cream truck is going to prevent that fire uh-huh. uh, <laughs> how do you think it's going to go if I just keep telling you what the story is without <laughs> yeah. telling you my opinion on how it's going to go, does that help? Um, I I don't know. Like, it doesn't hurt. I think. Like, I would say maybe there are better ways they could like be they spending park, their time. They're parking it outside. It's cute. It's, they're rolling it around some pretty prominent areas in okay. Washington. Okay. It's cute. What do you think? What do you think the important uh, the the conservatives in power, the Republicans, think about this truck? Like. They must just think... 100% they don't care. They don't even bother to think it's stupid? No, no, no. Like, like, they uh, don't even... Just eye roll, move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they must be a little bit impressed with the stupidity in, in this one. No, I mean, I, would, I'm, I, I bet they share my opinion, which is like, you must have something better you could be doing with your time <laughs> than this. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to think out of the box and getting your message out there, but I don't know. Also, really bad timing. 
because this just debuted this week, right? It's freezing. And Washington, D.C. just got its first giant snowstorm. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Maybe a pumpkin spice latte truck. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for pure, crisper water. And guess what? They did. This is the kind of water that regular water gets jealous of. It's the water that refreshes like no other brand. Try it. Smart water, vapor distilled for purity, electrolytes for taste. This is my favorite story this month. Half month. Half month. Uh, Danny Meyer, famed restaurateur. Oh, right. I forgot to read up on this one. Okay. It's yeah. okay. Tell me about it. Famed restaurateur. Yeah. Is, uh, I think, how many restaurants would you say he has in New York? Like half a dozen. Yeah. Is opening a restaurant called The Intersect. It's a three-story restaurant. I think it's in meatpacking. Uh, sorry, The Intersect by Lexus. Intersect by Lexus. By Lexus. Must say by Lexus. I haven't heard of anyone doing this yet. It is wild that it hasn't happened. And it is, it's crazy to me that Danny Meyer is opening a restaurant like by Lexus. It's just the more I want to get angry at it. It's a permanent it, thing? Yeah. So what he's doing is he is operating it himself. But every six months, they're bringing in a new super, super trendy Who's chef. Who's he? he? The Union Square Hospitality Group. Okay is bringing in a super, super trendy chef to design the menu, and then his team are going to execute it. Mm. This month, it's it's the guy from, the chef from Frenchie in Paris. Uh, okay. It's something that I, that I want this to drive me crazy, but it just makes a lot of sense. You want it to drive you crazy because of the the branding? Yeah, it seems like. And how, like, unpersonal Danny Meyer has done so well, right? I don't yeah. think he needs another, like, he's not going to live and die by another successful restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it seemed to me originally like why like he's think about his restaurant portfolio now. He's got a bunch of really cool restaurants and then one by fucking Lexus. No, he has a much broader portfolio than that. Like he has a lot of partnerships with like museums. For sure. For sure. Right. He's done a lot of like non-indie type things. He's not like Mr. Uh, Indie credibility. Okay, but a lot of those things are not Danny Meyer restaurants. Like, he's got a lot of investment in a uh-huh. lot of different platforms. He's got an investment in a bunch of different fast casual concepts. I'm not and talking about his investments. I'm talking Shack. about all of his restaurants. But they're all in, th- like... Like, he has a cafe. He runs the food at the MoMA. That's cool. Yeah, but it's also kind of, like, corporate. It's not, like, super indie. I think that any chef would think that was cool. I don't... I don't. He has a big catering side, which is just, like, right. money. Sure. But like museums and are like then there's Shake Shack, which is also his. That's not an investment. Uh oh, I sense a disagreement. I think this is this is <laughs> a huge it's not jump like... for him in terms of in terms of of uh, a, a brand association. Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying I don't agree. Right, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I see that, and I would say like you love museums. You often defend museums. I'm also a fan of museums. Who doesn't I, love museums? Well, yeah. I think that opening a museum is very cool, and he I, has restaurants in. Ballparks and train stations mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, I know. Like, if anyone was like, who's who's the number one restaurateur who you think would team up with a car company, like, in America? Yeah. I would say Steven Starr or Danny Meyer, 100%. Okay, but I still think... Like, he teams up with giant real estate developers, you know, because he's a safe bet. Yeah, but all of those things, like opening in any of those giant real estate developments is still mm-hmm. his name on the line. I mean, I guess this is too. But yeah. he's never shared a byline. I think that's that's the difference for me, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that Lexus 
is in like Lexus is just seeing a functioning restaurant as an advertisement for their yeah, brand. Yeah, yeah, no, I think this is an interesting thing to talk about. I think we are just disagreeing on a very small point. Okay, so we which, can we can move on. Which is like how big a sellout it is. How big a sellout is Danny Meyer? I think like I, he's yeah. already. He's, this is not a surprising move for me. Sure, from so, him, it's not like yeah. it's Paul Lee Brandt or something. Um, <laughs> I think it's a significant sell, but but I think but it is interesting on. to talk about like what does it mean for a brand to sponsor a restaurant like this? I wanted to hate it. I wanted to immediately be like, oh, stupid brand play, but it's kind of awesome. And there's nothing stopping this. Like, however you feel about. Danny Meyer restaurants, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping this from being the best Danny Meyer restaurant or like a significantly good New York restaurant, right? Sure. It, it doesn't seem like Lexus, I mean, I don't know this, but like I'm sure he gets to do what he wants with the food. Mm-hmm. He's not worried about the overhead. He gets to bring in cool chefs who he wouldn't normally have the opportunity to work with. I think six month stints are always going to be a little Silly. iffy. Yeah. Because you don't have that much time to get comfortable. Executing someone else's food is not something that is easy to draw inspiration from. And like, obviously to run a powerhouse New York restaurant, you need someone at the top who yeah, really cares, like who's sending out at, their own dishes. If you look at other rotating concepts, like Next, yeah. you have a consistent team there and a vision behind right, it. Right, 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 So like, this almost reminds me of like, Chase Sapphire, I think, does this thing at the seaport every summer yeah. where they throw a bunch of like really expensive dinners and a lot of pop-up experiences and blah, blah, blah. And this is just like a longer version of that. Like instead of one summer, they're doing three years. This feels more like a legitimate restaurant build out. Like Lexus is owning and operating a restaurant in collaboration with Danny Meyer. Whereas mm-hmm. the Chase Sapphire thing to me feels right, more like a, a chef's club. It's an actual pop-up. Yeah. Uh, so this does feel like a big jump to me. I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope maybe someone will, maybe they'll accidentally drop a bolt or something into a soup. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Dan. Uh, it is pouring snow outside. It's pouring snow. That's accurate. Which uh, which reminds me that it is almost Christmas time. Cha-ching. I don't know what I was trying to think of the way to do it. <laughs> okay. the bell melts. I'm just really excited because I'm excited because I think you're going to talk about the thing I want to talk about. Is it Starbucks cups? No. Damn it. Well, what's yours? Ah, forget it. We'll no, do it next. We'll get to it next. What do you mean, damn it? Now there's two <laughs> stories we can do. Yeah, we can stretch thought, this even further. I was just thinking mind meld. <laughs> uh, well, okay, holiday cups, Starbucks. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it's funny to me that so for people who don't know, every year Starbucks has managed to to piss people off with their holiday cups. It seems like they're either too secular yeah. or not secular enough. Yeah. Some years they go heavy Christmas and it pisses off people who want inclusion and like they've done some things that people thought were suggesting like some gay themes and like the far right was livid mm-hmm. and then they just did a straight red one one year and everyone was like and the far right was like the this is a Christmas cup, and you guys are trying yeah. to make it a, a cup for everyone. Um, this year, their fuck up is people are happy. But it seems people are happy with their four designs this year. They got a design for everyone. Oh, God, um, must be so exhausting. But they said anyone who comes in on Friday, I think it was last Friday, gets a free reusable Starbucks cup. And they ran out of them in like 10 minutes. Aww. <laughs> And the Twitter reaction this year was like, I have, like, you just read through them. Like, I've been going to Starbucks twice a day for 10 years. I was very excited to receive my reusable cup. And uh, I showed up 10 minutes within the opening and there was no cup for me. And uh, like, Starbucks, I really wish you could do better. Like, star- people feel. You just can't win with people. <laughs> yeah. It's you just can't so win. exhausting. It's amazing how much people will complain about something you give away for free. 
<laughs> not even the podcast i mean more with like youtube commenters yes like don't fucking watch it you just, know yeah just go away <laughs> if you don't like it i'm sorry goodbye i always need a reminder of how loyal people feel to starbucks and i think that speaks to how good starbucks is you always as a brand. need that reminder i don't well i don't think about it because around here we have if i was like how many third wave coffee shops could you name right now that are like within half a mile of us i mm-hmm. bet you could do 10 right like yeah. nobody cares about starbucks here starbucks is like an airport thing for us I feel like I don't know on my way from the subway I pass five Starbucks every day and they're Mm -hmm. always packed with a long line yeah well maybe that's just our ivory ivory tower food media thing where we like try I just feel like I don't want to be lumped in with you right now oh well you think you're a a man of the Starbucks (laughs) I I, mean I you can get the coffee I'm not even saying more expensive coffee I'm just saying like okay maybe I'm I'm over Starbucks don't group me in with you Okay. Do you? How often do you go to Starbucks then? More often than I go to a third wave coffee shop. I mean, my I'm that's a, not true. Yes. You you used to go to Grumpy every morning. It was on my walk, but now I have a different walk. <laughs> I go like my favorite coffee is a cart coffee. Oh. Like that's my favorite kind of coffee because I'm not a coffee person. So it's like it's like yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Week. You're just trying to you're just trying to play a little. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to. to the listener a little we, bit. The listener already understands our stake on things. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry. Well, then freaking I just, sorry, but it I'm is amazing to me I don't that people of... love Starbucks, and it, I always have to be reminded of it. And it's amazing to me that people get worked up when they promise a thing and they don't have it, or they uh, their relationship with Starbucks is somehow compromised. <laughs> I like that you're getting so <laughs> well, emotional about this. I just know. I I'm know. Sorry, I like Starbucks. You're trying to marginalize me as a coffee snob. I'm not. I'm just saying. On your way out the door for your final food stories. <laughs> you're just trying to group us all together as as if we're all the same and we're not. I enjoy a Starbucks coffee. You just don't as... have to pretend that you like Starbucks. There's no pretend. There's no pretending <laughs> going on here. I don't understand. I love Starbucks. Like oh. what? <laughs> I like that this is where I got you to. You're like the biggest Starbucks fan now. Well, I'm glad we got to experience the evolution of your feelings towards this corporation. Thank you so much for listening to Food Stories. Thank you. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. Yeah, please do. I hope you enjoyed our cooking tips. Make sure to call Butterball. Has anyone actually, (laughs) have you heard of people like actually calling the hotline? No. Really? Do you know they just added the hotline to Alexa? Yeah. Did you have that on your potential list of stories to talk about? I read it and I was like, Ugh, I can't. Like, just what don't. could what could our take possibly be on this? Exactly. And then I read the other thing about like millennials like smaller turkeys. And I was like, Ugh, I also don't care. That one's really that's fascinating to me. Really? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just a weight a conservation thing, uh, and they're and because trendy chefs say for, smaller turkeys tastier. For people tastier. who are still listening, mm-hmm. Dan, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> As a, a, as a Canadian. Buying a small turkey and asking Alexa how to cook it. Uh, what am I? No? no? Nothing? <laughs> what am I doing? I usually just wait around for someone to invite me uh, to their Thanksgiving. Okay. Or So being a Canadian on Thanksgiving in America is not akin to being Jewish on Christmas? Or is it? The thing is I'm friends you're with... you're like, oh, I can opt out. I'm friends with a lot of Canadians, and we all usually do something. Oh, okay. You do a Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, Jewish Christmas... I mean, we have that. It, Christmas is just like one day, obviously. So is Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. But we have, you know, we go, we legitimately go eat Chinese food and, and go to go movie. movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which is fun. what I basically do every day. <laughs> so, every day is Christmas. Every day is Jewish Christmas to For me. Or Daniel Janine. <laughs> All right. Love you all. Goodbye. Aw. 
Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for a pure, crisper water. And guess what? They did. This is the kind of water that regular water gets jealous of. It's the water that refreshes like no other brand. Try it. Smartwater. Vapor distilled for purity. Electrolytes for taste.